welcome. It's really good to be together to worship God today, isn't it? Especially if you're a guest. We're particularly delighted that you're here. It's a significant day because this is what we call Vision Weekend where we celebrate what God's been doing and then we take some time and look forward uh, into some things God is inviting us into in the future. It was mid-afternoon just a few days ago. I had been hustling over in my office all day to make some changes to a talk that I was to give that evening. I finally got through all the feedback I had received that was supposed to, or at least designed to make the talk better. I managed to make the changes. I printed off a copy, and I was on a tear from my office across the building over to here to the auditorium so that I could hand that manuscript to one of our teammates uh, back there in the tech booth who was working on the visual components of that talk, what would be on the screens while I was speaking. As I hit the front of the hallway over at the front of our offices, uh, my office is at the very end of the hallway, if you've never been over there. Uh, They try to keep me as contained as possible over there. I was grabbing about fourth gear at the front of the office, eyes almost fixed on my destination, which was this room. And I noticed sort of out of the corner of my eye that Tara Bradford, my executive assistant, she was engaged in a conversation with a man I had never met nor never seen before in my life. I had to slow down to sort of make the corner, and as I slowed down to make the corner, I caught Tara's eye, and I saw on her entire face, as a matter of fact, a real message of, this guy really needs to talk to you. I'm really hoping right now, sort of telegraphing all this, I'm really hoping that you'll stop and listen to this, because this is for you, Brian. This is not for me, definitely. Now, sometimes, even very often, some people would say, subtlety is completely lost on me. I do not take hints very well, but for some reason, this day, this time, Tara's silent plea for me to stop spoke loud and clear. And so I quickly downshifted my pace. I sidled up next to the gentleman in the reception area of our uh, offices. And I don't even think I said anything as this man turned his attention from talking to Tara to talking directly to me. And I just sort of stood there. And as I'm standing there, sort of figuring out what exactly is going on, as I'm standing there trying to figure that out, I am literally bracing myself for what would come next. Now, I've been around the church long enough to know that most of the time when these sorts of encounters happen, what comes next is never salted with the spiritual gift of encouragement, if you know what I mean. And so I'm standing there stealing myself for what I fully expected would be like a full frontal assault on our church or me or who knows, post-modernity or who knows what. And this guy starts out by saying, I was in prayer last week. And right there I'm thinking like, oh my gosh. Why in the world did I stop for this? I should have ignored Tara's subtle hint. I just should have kept right on going, playing dumb. Not only is this guy now going to blast us out of the water, but now he's actually going to spiritualize his attack by telling me that the Lord himself had given him these words that he was about to rock my world with. Because if a person says, the Lord told me, there's really no arguing, right? Like That's like the trump card, isn't it? Now, some of you are sitting in your seats and you're going, man, Brian, you... You seem awfully defensive, don't you? And I just have to say, once bitten, twice shy, if you know what I mean. Once bitten, twice shy. And as this guy keeps talking, I'm stealing myself more and more with every word that's proceeding from his mouth. I was in prayer last week, and the Lord was showing me some things that he was doing in our community. And I'm like, whoa. I think I probably got like a shocked, puzzled, weird look on my face right about then, because this was not headed where I 
figured that it was headed. I think I felt my shoulders sort of relax a bit. It might have even cracked a bit of a smile, and he just kept going. And the Lord showed me what he was doing and that he's doing something very special right here. And he sort of pointed like this, right here in and through Journey Church. And I just stopped in to tell you that. Whoa. Now I'm like jumping up in this guy's arms, giving him big hugs, high fives, you know. I'm like, sweet. I'm nodding. I'm engaged. Not really. I did not give this stranger a hug, just so you know. I'm anxious to see where this is headed next. And he said, and I heard the word more for the Journey Church community. And he says it wasn't just a few more or just a little more, but actually the word was exponentially more. And I said, well, unpack that. Would you clarify just a bit? He didn't have much. He said just that Journey would have exponentially more positive impact on the community than you're already having. And that just sort of wrapped up the conversation. That was it. And he went out the door. Thank you for stopping in and have a nice day. And I'm going like, Dodged a bullet on that one, right? And not only did I feel as though I had dodged a bullet, but I felt as if this man, who I don't know, had never met, who I can't even recall his uh, name, some people last night were coming up to me saying like, yeah, that guy told us that he stopped in. His name is such and such. And I honestly, I can't remember it right now, as a matter of fact. But he had actually spoken the very words that are at the heart of who we are trying to be and what we're trying to do as the community of Journey Church. Oh, that God would graciously permit us to have exponentially more impact on our community and on our world than we're already having. That's what I pray for. That's what I pray for. That's what I'm trying to be about with my whole life. And I hope and I pray that it's what you pray for. And I hope and I pray that it's what you're trying to be about with your life as well. So what is it, you ask, that Journey's been up to that's been having such a positive impact on our community? It's a fantastic question. I think really, though, the very best way to answer that question is to bring out our friends, the Culps. Marty Culp, his wife, Bobby Mohan Culp, who I believe have some special music for us along those very lines. So would you please give a very warm Journey Church welcome to our friends, the Culps. Check, check, check. Whoa. Tess? This is a hot mic, fellas. Whoa, really hot. Yeah, we might need to shave a little fuzz off the woofers. Let's, let's tweak the Twitters a bit. Sure, just sure. Go. Oh, good, good. Here we tough go. stuff, tough stuff. Here we go. Yeah. Well, it's so inspiring to see all of you here attending this mandatory year-end journey church report. Sure. I'm Mr. Marty Culp. And I'm Miss Bobby Mohan Culp. And we run the music department here at Journey. Oh, I see Brandon shaking his head. Perhaps run is too strong of a word. Uh, collaborate? Uh, substitute? Volunteer. Sure, that seems to hit the nail on the nose. And as volunteers, we've been asked to come in here and share about all the exciting things Journey did this past year, right, Bobby? Sure, that's right, Marty. The hip-hop happenings of Journey Church in 2010. Like last year's annual Easter egg hunt. What a doozy of a day. Sure. Eight inches of snow. Yeah. Freezing cold. Right. Hundreds of eager little kids. The greedy little beavers trampled me. Boy, boy, did they ever. Did they ever. It was no day at the beach. Tough stuff. Lesson learned. 
But there were other events that Journey participated in too this past year, like Sweet Pea, for example. Sure, sure. And Sweet Father's Day festivities, too. Monster trucks and beer-broiled brats. Yeah, yeah. And we're not talking about the children. Speaking of children, we also put on a Groovin' Renaissance Fall Carnival for the kids. Sure, sure. And we had a New Year's Eve bash for the teens. We rocked this place like a boulder. That's right. That's right. And lead pastor Brian Hopkins was on leave for five months. Talk about a party. Yeah, yeah, sure. Those were good times. We also scrambled for Ethiopia. Oh, that's right. We raised 10,000 big ones. Whoa, Bobby. That's a lot of dough. Tell me about it. The last time we raised that much money, I was in a hula hoop contest against John Oakland. Lesson learned. And hey, we raised a few other things around here too, like some eyebrows with our Michael Jackson series. Yeah, yeah. He had some moves. Boy, did he ever. Yeah. But you know, Bobby, the most exciting part about Journey's journey this past year was that we moved into our very own building. That's right. That's right, Marty. I mean, just imagine. A one, two, three, four. Our house in the middle of the street. Our house. Of worship. In the middle of the... It's more like a field. Our house. A community center. In the middle of the field. Our house. In the middle of the Welcome to the commons We've got lots of space Forty fun-filled acres Where we'll sing amazing grace We've got classrooms for your kids And offices for staff A kitchen for your cooking needs So get it, I must laugh At the commons Welcome to the commons Won't you fall upon your Churches parking out across the streets for our overflow. No more tearing down every single little thing. So, what if we still stack our chairs? At, At least, least they're, they're more comfy. Ten times more. It seems to me. No big deal to light a candle in the church We couldn't do that at Heritage But now we can You know what else we can do? We can cook some hot stuff, people, this evening We can cook some hot stuff on our new stove We can cook some hot stuff, people, this evening We can cook some hot stuff on our new stove But you know, Marty, just because we're on our own church doesn't mean it's all fun and games. Why are there so many overfield classrooms where all the volunteers? What's with the three giant screens? Isn't it a bit overkill? At least that's what some of us hear. I hear that. Do you really hear it? Do you know what else I hear? 
You can't always get what you want. So what if we need more parking spots? You can't always get what you want. Yes, the boy on camera two is eight. You can't always get what you want. A perfect church is one with no people. But if you try sometimes, you might find... You know it's thriller, thriller at night We've got a building of our own And it really blows my mind You know it's thriller, thriller at night We'll celebrate together Cause I mean holy turpentine You know it's thriller, thriller at night That's why we come together This is your house and his house and mine Because we're family, family, tonight! I just want you to appreciate how difficult it is to go from that to what I have to do now. Like, I really feel like maybe we should just close in prayer, call it a day. And some of you ask, like, why, why do we do that sort of thing? Like, really? Like, can really? And it gets to one of our core values, which is fun, right? Following Jesus is not a lemon-sucking experience, at least we don't think it ought to be. Following Jesus ought to be fun, and well, that is, my stomach hurts, that's so fun. I think we're going to hire the culps. You might see them around here some more. And one way you can measure a journey's impact is just by looking at the numbers. The numbers don't tell us everything, but when we started Journey just over five years ago, we knew something about the Gallatin Valley. That at that time, there were about 65,000 people in the Gallatin Valley who were living life far from God. Our mantra back then became, let's kick a dent in that 65,000, meaning that one of Journey's primary roles in the valley would be to make it hard to go to hell from the Gallatin Valley. Let's make it hard to go to hell from the Gallatin Valley. Well, not too long ago, someone ran the numbers just to get a picture of whether or not we're accomplishing what we set out to accomplish, and we believe they speak really loudly and clearly to God's impact through all of us. I want to show you this graph, if we could just put that up there. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, illustration of what God's been doing. You can see back when we started in 2005, uh, the blue line is weekend experience attendance, weekend service attendance uh, in 10,000s, meaning total for the year. So in 2005, just less than 10,000 people were uh, a part of one of our weekend worship experiences in 2006. You can see that grow sort of exponentially, and then you can just see it sort of climb uh, fairly steeply up into the right. Now, what's the red line you're asking? The red line is decisions made for Jesus Christ. Decisions made for Jesus Christ. And you can see that that tracks very, very closely to attendance growing around here over our five-year history. Now, uh, church experts tell us that a healthy church has conversions growing right along with weekend experience attendance growth. That line, the red line and the blue line, marks 
a healthy church because what that tells us is people are finding their way into journey, they're giving their life to Jesus Christ and they're setting a course to follow him, experience him, live the John 10, 10 full life that Jesus invites all of us to instead of us just transferring in a bunch of Christians who are coming from another church mad or whatever else. This is healthy church growth. Now where the solid lines stop is actually you know sort of where we are now. And then somebody decided to run that out five years. Let's just see if God continues on a similar trajectory to what he's been doing, what might happen around here. And you see that over the course of the next five years, if, if trends continue, that we could see double weekend experience attendance that we do now. And conversions that sort of just track right along people giving their lives to Jesus Christ quite regularly around here. That is praiseworthy to God, isn't it? He gets all the credit for all of that. Hundreds of of people every year finding faith in Jesus Christ, us, Journey Church, making it hard to go to hell from the Gallatin Valley, Journey Church actually doing whatever it takes to connect people with God. That is what we're all about. And sure, hearing and seeing those statistics in a lump like that is one thing, but what about the stories of the people God has used Journey Church to reach with the life-transforming gospel of Jesus Christ? Something that you're hearing us say more and more around here is that every chair has a story and every story matters. Every story, every person matters to God. Every story, every person matters to us. Which is why the story of Tana bringing one of her friends to a Journey Church weekend experience a lot like this one is so incredibly fun for me to relay to you. Here's her story. Tana met and connected with a certain friend through work. From the first time they met in the workplace, there was this special bond that they both sensed between them. Not too long after they met, they departed that job, but they stayed in touch through Facebook on the phone to meet for coffee whenever their schedules would allow. After a way too long season of not seeing each other, Tana decided to call her friend and get coffee just a few months ago from where we are right now. When Tana booked the meeting with her friend, Tana began to pray for her friend that she would come to know God something she had never ever prayed for her friend before. She also, for some strange reason, kind of weird, she calls it, she felt compelled to bring her Bible and her prayer journal to that meeting. More than anything, Tana was hoping and praying that God would do something special in the heart and life of her friend that day. They got together at the coffee shop, and from the first moment they sat down, Tana sensed that something was up with her friend as her friend unpacked for Tana how she was really doing, which was not at all good. Tana heard her friend say that she really didn't have a support system. Tana was sort of coming out of her seat from across the coffee shop table, though, jumping up and down to get to tell her that wasn't true. You absolutely do have a support system. You just haven't tapped into it yet. Tana told her friend that she had at least... 10 ladies who she could call right now from across the community of Journey Church who would step up and step in and would help her with anything she needed. Tana's friend was entirely blown away, really, by you. She was blown away by you. Really? There's that kind of people around your church? She was full of hope and nervous optimism at that thought. As Tana and her friend's conversation unfolded, Tana got to show her a couple of verses from the Bible, also got to tell her about the prayer that she had prayed for her just that morning, that God would do something in the heart of her friend. Tana finished their conversation by inviting her friend to come with her and her husband, Ricky, to church that upcoming Saturday night, which she heartily agreed to. 
And Tana said, what excited me the most about my friend coming with me to church was that Journey is a community of people who would not judge my friend, and we knew that the message of true life in Jesus Christ would be presented and an invitation given for my friend to step into that new life. Now, Tana's friend did not give her life to Jesus Christ that first Saturday night, but the second time she came with them, Tana's friend told her how she had raised her hand declaring that she had asked Jesus to be her savior and boss and that she herself was choosing a whole new life. Since that day, Tana says, it has been an absolutely amazing ride with my friend, really life-changing for both of them. Tana talks today about being so thankful to God for a non-judgmental culture around the life of our church and for the continual expression of the true love of Jesus Christ. Tana always knows, I can invite my friends to come with me, they'll hear about Jesus' love for them, they'll have a chance to make him their savior, their boss. Tana says, I feel like I have a front row seat on the great things God's doing in and through our church, and I love, she says, that God is allowing me to be a part of it. Absolutely, journey. God is using you, Journey Church, right here, right now, in the Gallatin Valley, and I want you to know that your reach is not limited to just the Gallatin Valley, your reach is extending all the way around the globe to the East African nation of Ethiopia. We've been pouring into a school called Bright Hope in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, for a couple of years now. When we literally ran into Bright Hope School in the fall of 2008, the school was without running water. They were without the means to feed the hundreds of extremely poor, undernourished children who attend the government school of 2,100 students every day. And frankly, though it's called Bright Hope School, they were a little short on hope, really. And then Journey, you stepped up. And Journey, you stepped in. And as you'll see in just a moment, today, hope abounds at the Bright Hope School. Why? Because of your incredibly generous contributions over the past couple of years. Watch this. Way to go, Journey. Way to go, Journey. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't gotten to be on one of those trips to Ethiopia to see and work on and be a part of what God's doing at Bright Hope School, get over there with one of our teams. Uh, Right now we're sending a few teams a year, and I think you'll just see that grow as we go forward. And while we firmly believe that there is much good that God is using Journey to be about for Him, furtherance of His kingdom here and around the globe, we also believe to our core that there is so much more that God has for all of us to be about. And I say all of us because we notice something about the first church. We notice something about the Acts church, which really has been our model since we started Journey five years ago, and it's this. In the book of Acts, we see that when God invited and when God stirred his church to be up to something, about something, it wasn't just a few people who engaged in the mission and vision of what God was inviting them to. Not a chance. Instead, they All, the Bible says, rallied to what it was that God had asked them to be about. Look at Acts 2, 42 to 47. All, starts with the word, all the believers, that's all of them. Wasn't a few, wasn't a handful, wasn't a select group of leaders or something. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching 
and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And an amazing thing happened. God did an amazing thing each day, the Bible says. The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, did you catch the use of the word all in those five verses? No less than five times the word all in five verses shows up. That tells us that the whole church, every single one of them, were on the mission and vision that God had given them. And the mission and vision was that lost people would be found, that lonely people might be enfolded into community, that broken people would have their hearts healed, that saved people would be mobilized, all with a new purpose and vision for living. And they were all doing something about that. No one was sitting on the sidelines. No one was left sitting in the stands. And they were mobilized on that mission. They were living it out day in and day out because the Acts Church understood very, very well that there is only a single, one single power on this planet that can bring about the healing that people need. And it's the power of the love of Jesus Christ. That's it. It's only his love that can conquer sin and wipe away shame and heal wounded hearts and reconcile enemies and put shattered dreams back together again. And it's only the power of the love of Jesus Christ that can ultimately actually change the world one life, one life, one life at a time. And the entire church was about that vision. The entire church was on that mission. It wasn't just a few. It wasn't just some. It was all, every single one of them. And when it comes to God's future vision for Journey Church, for us, it's the exact same deal. It will not happen without you. It will not happen without every single one of us across our entire community realizing that we get just one shot at this life God's given us and that we have day in and day out the incredible privilege of dreaming and stretching and being used by God in really extraordinary ways to achieve his kingdom dreams and purposes and visions right here, right now for such a time as this. And what grips my heart like nothing else in the world grips my heart is the fact that the radical message of God's transforming love has been given to you and given to me. Whoa. It's been given to us, the church of Jesus Christ. See, there isn't a plan B for God's redemption. We are it. Which means that every single day, the most significant, lasting, and eternal investment any of us could ever make in God, is in God's work via his local church. Nothing else even holds a candle to the church of Jesus Christ. And around Journey, we believe to our core that we're just now scratching the surface of our mission statement of doing whatever it takes to connect people to God. That's why we're here. That's why Journey exists. That's what we're about. But get this, that mission and that vision will not ever be fulfilled until each and every one of us, all of us, are living that mission out every single day of our lives. 
I do not believe that it is enough for any of us to say, yeah, my church is doing stuff about connecting people to God, and I go to my church on the weekends occasionally when I can get there, and so, yeah, I'm sort of involved in that work. Uh Uh-uh. That is not enough. The mission of doing whatever it takes to connect people to God should be the driving motivation of every single one of us who calls Journey Church our home. All of us, day in, day out, just like the Acts 2 church a couple of thousand years ago. It isn't just a staff thing. It's not just a handful of leaders thing. It's all of our thing. And until all of us take ownership of the dream and the vision of seeing every person in the Gallatin Valley in a relationship with Jesus Christ and following him, ordering their world around him, well, then the dream falls short. The dream lacks. The dream stays just a dream rather than an unfolding reality on earth, just as it is in heaven, Jesus prayed. Let me ask you this question. Are you gripped every single morning to the core of your being when you wake up and your feet hit the floor to do whatever it takes that day to connect the people in your world who are far from God with God? Does that grip you? Does it grip you? Do you find your thoughts throughout your day drifting from your schoolwork and your business tasks and your family pressure and so to thoughts of the eternal destiny of the people who you live next door to, work across the hallway from, sit next to in class, and work out with at the gym? If not, why not? If not, why not? I'm spending more time in prayer about that very issue than I am about anything else I pray about every day. I'm literally asking God every single day to burden my heart more and more and more with the eternal plight of my friends and neighbors and acquaintances and, oh God, that you would move me personally to do whatever it takes to help connect them with God. Will you join me in that prayer? Will you join me in that prayer? And I promise that's going to lead to like messy things. It's going to be hard, and those people might not like me anymore. I might feel insecure about that. But get this, that's okay. Because any price I pay here and now that helps bring anyone into a relationship with God pales, and I mean pales, in comparison with the price of the people that I know, love, and care about spending their forevers apart from God. They pale. Are you with me in that? Are you with me in that? Because that won't happen unless we're all, all of us, in on that together. And then, once people are connected to God, once they've stepped across the line of faith in Him, what happens next around the life and community of Journey Church, it really matters to us. How we as a church community help people grow up in faith is a very big deal to us. And honestly, some people are really hard on Journey on that front. A lot of people are very, very skeptical that we do much, if anything, when someone tells us that they've stepped across a line of faith into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I feel very, very compelled to tell you here today that when someone tells us, when someone communicates to us of their newfound faith in Jesus Christ, we have someone from our staff or volunteer team who are in contact with that person No more than a few days after we hear of their decision to follow Jesus. A few days is all. 
And while I think that we're earning what I would call a solid B on the follow-up front, I'm telling you, we can do better. We must do better. We have not earned the elusive A, and we will not stop trying to earn the elusive A, and that is exactly where you come in. You're going to be part of the solution to this. I don't have much detail for you on this because it's honestly quite early in the development process, but I do want you to know that by next fall, it is our objective to be able to pair every single person who is new in faith, who wants one, with a trained, equipped, available mentor discipler no more than seven days after they let us know that they are new in faith in Jesus Christ. That's our objective. And so picture, just for example, that someone in this room today gives their heart and life to Jesus Christ, they stop into Guest Central, they use that card, and they let us know that they made that decision, however they want to do that, and then by next weekend, seven days from now, one of you who have been trained, who have lots of tools at your disposal, you're fully equipped, you're ready, you are on that person's hip helping them take their very first steps of faith and then you just keep going with them as long as you both decide that you want to keep tracking together. We think that that's the way that it ought to be for somebody who comes to faith in Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that we'll be working very, very hard on that in the days ahead. But honestly, we will not be able to do that without all of us committed to making that happen. It can't just be a staff thing. It can't just be a few leaders kind of thing. It will take all of us. You can see the number of people who are coming to faith in Jesus. It's going to take a whole bunch, all of us, being disciples and mentors to be able to accomplish that objective. And then the last thing I'm going to talk to you about today, related to where God is taking us in the future, is a vision that we call, not without you. Seems quite fitting, doesn't it? Not without you. All throughout the month of February, right here in our weekend worship experiences, we're actually going to be inviting and challenging every single person who calls Journey Church their home to give a very significant, even sacrificial financial gift above and beyond their normal tithes and offerings to journey over the course of the next three years to fund the vision that we're calling Not Without You. Now this gift that we'll be asking you to give above and beyond your tithes and offerings is gonna be used in five ways. The first one is this. As we sit here right now, we owe approximately $2.9 million on this building that we occupy. The commons at Baxter and Love, phase one, we call this, is debt encumbered. We have a mortgage of $2.9 million. Now, you hear that, and it is a lot of money, certainly, but when you compare it to the reality that the value of this land and building that we occupy hovers somewhere around $6 million, that means we have about a 50% equity position. We're in a pretty good place. We owe $2.9 million, and we need to reduce that mortgage as rapidly as we can. Why? Well, being out of debt is sound biblical principle, isn't it? It'll enable us to, as a church, be freed up to mobilize dollars for ministry rather than dollars for interest payment. It is a bummer to me. I hate this. This occupies my top five things I hate in the world that interest accrues on that $2.9 million at a rate of $500 a day. Ooh, bummer. $500 a day. We want to chip that off as rapidly as we can. Second, I've been telling a few people about this initiative over the course of the last uh, week or so, and every single group I've said this to, they laugh at me, so uh, you can do that too if you'd like. Uh, we need to actually double the size of our base camp and classroom wing, and we need to do it right away. We need to double the size of our base camp and classroom wing, and we need to get on that right away. 
an expanded and more versatile base camp, which is Journey Church's kids ministry and classroom wing, is really at the center of our vision for Not Without You. That current base camp and classroom wing over at the east end of the facility, if you've never been there, it buzzes with activity, not just on the weekends, but all week long. Hundreds of kids, zero through fifth grade, learn the Bible in relevant, fun, and compelling ways from upwards of 50 volunteers during these weekend worship experiences. They're learning about Jesus. They're being invited to give their lives to him. Please never call what happens in base camp child care. It is so much more than child care. Just last weekend, there was almost 2,000 people in the building across our three worship experiences, and those classrooms and that wing was not built for that many kids. It just wasn't. We had to draw a line in the sand. Other things meet over there as well. Important, very important things. Celebrate Recovery, which is Journey's Christ-centered ministry designed to help people with their hurts, habits, and hang-ups. They meet over there on Thursday nights. Every single Thursday night, week in and week out, helping people overcome hurts, habits, and hang-ups. All of our adult classes, all of our adult Bible studies, any small to mid-sized community groups gather there all week long as well, and they require more space than we have available right now. That expanded classroom wing, this is cool, will enable us to serve our community in really a fantastic new way as we realize this long-held dream of opening the doors of a Christ-centered, first-rate, affordable preschool and daycare, aiming in particular to serve the single-parent community in our valley. That's been on our heart for about five years now, and we'll be able to get it done in that expanded base camp and classroom wing. It's about 6,000 square feet or so we need to add on. It would double what we have over there. Now we'll be able then to accommodate more kids during Journey's weekend worship experiences. More kids hearing, learning about Jesus, being invited to give their lives to him be the home of that affordable daycare and preschool center for single-parent families. It provides more room then for journey groups and community groups as well to meet right here on the campus of the Commons at Baxter and Love. Third, we need to add 150 more parking spaces here. We want your parking experience to be as mud-free as possible. 150 spaces will let us get that done. Fourth, We'll construct three collegiate-class soccer fields to serve the Gallatin Valley community. Remember, we did not build this place to huddle up in a little holy huddle and hold hands and say, well, aren't we blessed? Isn't this cool? No way. We built this place to give it away to the community. Now, here's some news that's sort of just breaking right now. Someone over at Bozeman High School failed to book the sub-ballrooms for the Bozeman High School prom. Bummer. The sub-ballrooms got filled in by another group. They're kind of in demand up there, if you haven't noticed. And so Bozeman High School people are scrambling around going, where's prom going to be? And guess who they called? Us. We took the call and we said, sure, a Friday night would be just fine for prom. And they said, uh-uh, we don't do prom on Friday night. It's like, really, do you do it on Sunday night? No, we do prom on Saturday night. We're like, oh, yeah, Saturday night. Well, we do a little thing in this room on Saturday night, don't we? And so they said, we think we could work that out. So picture this. It's still, details are unfolding, but let me just paint a picture for you. Uh, Picture Saturday night, Mother's Day weekend, Mother's Day, Saturday night. You will show up in here for Saturday night worship experience, and the room will be decorated like Hawaii. 
It's the theme. So it's kind of like moms are sending you to Hawaii for Mother's Day, except we're sort of bringing it right in here. Maybe a little pineapple or something like that, right? We'll worship God in here. As soon as we get out of here, a team will come in, tear these chairs out. The chairs will go away. They'll have prom in this room. And then after they're done at some ungodly hour, another team will come in, clean up this room, reset it, and we'll have church again on Sunday morning right in here. Cool. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Now, some of you are thinking, maybe thinking, prom, dancing, that is far from a spiritual activity, right? Like, won't they grind at prom, like, right there? Yes, they will. And then we'll worship God in here after they do that. But we're actually a church that cares about the things that the community cares about. And you say, well, prom isn't a spiritual activity. I doubt, Brian, you're going to stand up and share the four spiritual laws from the stage at the prom. And you're right. But what we're doing is we're building what we call a redemptive bridge. We care about what people care about, which is the essence of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Is it not? God putting skin on and coming to us. So we say to Bozeman High School, absolutely, you need a place to hold prom, have it here, please. And we'd actually like a multi-year agreement, please. We want to do it every year, come on. We care about what the community cares about. When it comes to those soccer fields, we care about what the community cares about. Obviously, people in this valley care about soccer. That's why we build soccer fields. Last, the last initiative of this Not Without You project a percentage of every dollar that you give to the Not Without You initiative will be used to advance God's work both in our region and out around the world. It was money from our last capital campaign. Lots of you remember it was called Light that made it possible for us to plant Narrate Church in Helena, which is a flourishing community in Helena, making a difference there. It was also Light Money that enabled us to reach out to the community of Glendive through the Marble family as they launched a community they call the Bridge out there. It was also Light Money that enabled us to put a roof on a school in Uganda, Africa, led by our friend Pastor Aloysius Intege. Lots of you met him last spring when he was here. He's coming back this spring. You'll like get to meet him then those are the five pieces of the not without you vision and it carries a price tag of 3.1 million dollars 3.1 million dollars that'll pay down a sizable chunk of our mortgage on phase one it'll double the base camp and classroom wing making room for that affordable preschool and daycare uh, center for uh, single parents it'll pave 150 more parking spaces it'll build those three soccer fields And then we would be able to actually give away a percentage of every dollar given to advance God's kingdom in our region and around the world, new kingdom endeavors on earth as it is in heaven. And you hear that number, 3.1 million, that's a lot of money, isn't it? But really, it's not just a fundraising deal. This isn't just about raising money. It's about lives changed for eternity. Please, people's forevers inextricably altered and Can you put a price tag on that? Can you put a price tag on that? What's true and what we relish in every single day, what we thank God for from the top of our heads to the tip of our toes is that God is at work across the life of his church that we call journey. And the challenges of God being at work, they're really great, frankly. 
They're really great. But here's what I know about us, that we're up for those challenges. God is moving and we're hanging on for the ride. Let's go. Let's go. We're all, every single one of us, up for the challenge of God being at work in our church. And I know us. I know that we'll step up and we'll meet those challenges together, but we will not be able to do it without you, every single one of us. Take your stuff and set it aside if you would, and I just invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads and go to prayer, please. Just invite God's speaking in the quiet of these moments, if you would. God, I pray for our hearts, the heart of this church that we call Journey, your church, God. That we would actually carry the heart of the Acts 2 church. That we would be unified around your purposes, your vision, your mission, your call on our lives. And then God, that every one of us, all of us, would take whatever steps necessary to walk all that out, God. That if it requires reordering our priorities, reordering our financial world, or reordering our inner world, God, that we would get on that, that we would be about that, that we wouldn't say, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. That we would say, I'm on it today because I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know if I'll even get tomorrow. But God, that we would live in the reality of what you're doing today. And God, that we would live in the reality, the truth, that you are the God of this city. You're the God of this valley. You're the God of this state. You're the God of this region. And God, that your work would pour out in our city, in our valley, in our state, across our region, across our nation, around the world, God, and that your work would start in us, in me. That revival wouldn't be something that we prayed for for other people, but revival would be something we're about in our hearts, God, getting square with you, being rightly submitted to you, being filled by you, used by you. so that people's eternities might be forever changed from a hopeless eternity 
to one filled with hope and life and joy and celebration with the God who saves souls.